Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, dog, what's happening? Shoot, man, just uh, out here in the safe haven, you know. Is anybody still alive in California? Did you, are you guys even in California? Don't liberal me to death, man. Come on with all that liberal jargon. What liberal jargon? I mean, every time I go on social media, one of my friends is posting about how their favorite rapper just, you know, that's because, something happened. That's because, like, rapping today is like just being a human being. Everybody's a rapper, everybody's an actress, everybody something. So, you know what I'm saying? Well, it, it always seems like that. Yeah. Well, I guess a couple of years ago, there were some Florida dudes that were uh, getting knocked off out here, too. I forgot about that. Still right now. Yeah. And they making whole rap songs talking about them. Who I smoke, Lil Lonnie. Them niggas were singing it. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the fuck? But it's it's funny because that is becoming a narrative. The narrative is definitely becoming like, oh man, um, it's tough being a rapper. And we talked about this, you know, when Dolph got killed, R.I.P. Dolph. And yeah. um, I didn't really get to dig deep into the concept of what's really going on. You know what I mean? And it's not in hip hop. It's what's going on with human beings that come from our background, period. It's getting worse and worse. And people are in such a weird space of not being able to to generate a truly livable wage or economics for themselves. You know what I'm saying? That reputation is being overvalued. Like social currency, just like they had the metaverse, social currency is starting to play a huge part in our community. It was already a big deal, right? Reputation. But now it's like they want the same reputation online as a regular nerdy kid who was, you know, only committed to the metaverse. So they're doing metaverse banging and real banging. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think, again, I don't want to get caught up in any time a human being lose their life, you know, it's a sad occasion for that person's mother, father, children, you know what I'm saying, for, for certain people. 
but that don't mean that people don't put themselves in a position to be at war. Where was Draco from in the city? I don't know much about him. So, and that's this. This has been disputed. Like I, I didn't know him. I knew his movement, I, and I was a fan of his movement probably since 2015, 16. Um, I've noticed he's always pushed 32nd and Naomi. 32nd okay. and Naomi is on the east side. It's like 30s, like 30, yeah, yeah. 30 blood, 30 problems. I think they're a bloodstone game. 30, it's like a 30s game. But then other people say he has some kind of affiliation or grew up in the hundreds, but I've heard so many different things, but I noticed he always flashed a sign 32nd and Naomi. So I'm going to stay with that one. But if I understand correctly, um, he was in like placement homes. I know stupid young met him in a placement, you know, in a, in a placement home. Gotcha. Young. Draco's situation is unique because like he was a really talented dude. Like, um, he reminded me of a younger E-40. Like, okay. complete with his own cultural lingo. You know what I'm saying? Complete with his own style. Everything about him was, like, culture, like, concentrate. Like, you could water some of that shit down. And a lot of rappers did water his style down and, and used it. You know what I'm saying? It served it to the people as fresh juice. But it was so much Draco and a lot of new dude style. To me, the most two influential dudes of this whole last decade movement is One Take J and Draco. Like so many guys rap like One Take J. So many guys rap like Draco. Gotcha. So um, Draco's situation is a little unique because, again, it's, it, it is like um, DOS where we saw so many things happening, right? Where we... You know, he's fighting a murder over some situation that happened with somebody else. And he come home, you know what I mean? He's still kind of on that energy and he on 12. I mean, he's still going hard and going hard. And, you know, eventually it just catches up. You know, everything catches up. So you either going to end up, you know, hurt. You know, you're going to end up in prison. I mean, for hurting somebody else. Yeah. Give us a little compare and contrast for the audience's sake and mine as to some of the nuances well, not the nuances. I mean, there's, there's, it's more than nuanced, but like a compare and contrast to the other recent passing, like uh, Slim Four Hundred. So, again, no ceilings, GL. This is our fifty-second episode. That's kind of like a one-year episode ish. Here's our one-year episode, right? There we go. Pete in the spot. I got my manager, producer of the podcast. Friend, big brother, still in the spot. He ain't gonna be doing too much talking because he don't know about hip hop like this no more. I'm here. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna teach you something. Have to sub Chris in for the so, new generation. So um, it was it was like uh, his situation is a bit different than Slim. Slim situation, the street says a bit more like 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 personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, where if you look at that situation. It was really fucked up. You know what I mean, like, it, it, it's no, it's no, it's no um, concrete details in the streets. There's only ideals, and one ideal is sticking, and I believe that ideal is true. But I'm not confident enough in it to tell and say this is what happened. But it'll come out. It always does. Draco's situation is a lot like Dolph's situation, where. He was in a in a in a in a public feud 
right? That started off with a rapper, but ended up against the streets. Who was the rapper? So initially it was RJ. Initially. Okay. But that was a while ago and RJ kind of had a, you know, broker the peace, you know, extended the olive branch. We're pissed off people in the streets, but I remember that happened. He did it online. Um, outside of that, he had consistent conflicts with other rappers, but nothing I think that was serious, crazy, crazy serious. Not as definitely as serious as the stuff Dolph had going on with the rappers. But what happened was he had a few going on with people in the streets. And this is the exact opposite. Like my homie asked me, did hip hop fail Draco like it failed Dolph? And I'm like, well, it's different because the people who he began feuding with, right? The rappers is a certain situation. But then when you start talking about other gangs, other people from cities, all kind of shit, yo, it's different. Because it ain't really no conversation at that point. You got a bunch yeah. of people who really don't have a ton of opportunities and they ain't looking at nothing but proving a point. So it's tough. But I don't even want to really trip off that because rest in peace to Draco. You know what I mean? One of the coldest niggas to do it from the land on this underground tip. But I want to focus on the rap fans. That's something I think hip hop, right, is getting a, a beat down. Rappers are getting a beat down. But in reality, it's the fans who are fueling it all. And nobody's talking about it. And I mean, dating back to when that whole war in Chirac was happening, the fans are pushing it. It's mm. like, we all see the plane crashing, right? We all see the plane coming all the way down, right? We watching it, right? And we see it's going to the earth, right? And we just talking about it. You know, we enamored, we telling other people until the plane crash. And once the plane crash, then the people who follow the culture are in an outrage. Well, you know what the problem is, bro? Yeah. Is the internet has allowed fandom and anonymity to just go to a whole nother level. Because when I was coming up, if we saw only way we saw our favorite rapper bro was on a music video or if we went to one of those concerts and even then you know music videos just wasn't popping popping like that you know what i mean you understand what i'm saying so yeah. it's almost like the average fan today doesn't look like the rapper like he's a real person it's almost like they're a caricature of just a person they're looking at their life and their lifestyle and everything so it's like them watching the movie bro but do you think that that's different now than then because like it, when you have more interactive access, you and more exposure, it would lend that you would be less sensationalized than if you have limited access and limited exposure. Well, it's almost overexposure now, and I said this man when um, I said this when people first start doing lives, you know, when they first start giving people the ability to go live online, I mm-hmm. said, man, somebody's gonna kill somebody on the internet one day. I remember you saying that. But, I but, said that back then. I said somebody's gonna wind up killing somebody because fandom is just at an all-time high, and they don't look at us as um as real people. They don't but, think. But, but but I'm also let me let me cut you, big bro, because it's important, right? Back when I was younger, right, it was only so many rappers. Now what's True. happened is the streaming era. Me and my homie was talking about it, but the streaming era has created like this whole middle class of rappers middle class right where it's mm-hmm. hundreds 
of rappers, thousands of rappers, but there's so many successful rappers, right? That you never heard of. You could be from LA and never hear of rappers who are making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Like I'm talking to Mac 10 and Mac didn't know who Draco was. He was like, who? And I'm like, he didn't know who he was. You know what I'm saying? And Draco was doing pretty well for himself. He probably easily was, you know, a, a 200 to a quarter to, to $300,000 artist, you know, a year. Like he was getting some money. But streaming has created a place that's really dope in a sense that it, it, it can create a career for you. You know, but also I think it's not great because rappers don't have to really push themselves to be the greatest they can. Like when I talk to a lot of producers, they're not pushing to have the best record in the country, like Drake, Cat, Warren, Cube, you know, all the producers quick. They were pushing to have the greatest records in the game because truly that's really how you made a living. That's how you ate. But now you just get a base, you know, an audience of people that identify with your movement, right? And it really don't matter how good or bad your music is, as long as they feel like we're a part of this movement. And so everybody is getting paid for something that uh, still I don't talk about, right? Which is movements, your movement. So people are paying for the movement. So the fans are, this is like an out. You know what I'm saying? This is an out from their regular life. They're a part, like people feel like they're a part of a gang. Like what's funny is I was looking at the comments, you know, they had the fight where you can see the fight unfolding between you know, the dudes and Draco's team and the fight is unfolding and I'm watching the fight. You know, the other guys are deep and it's more like real vets, street vets. Like you could tell these are people who really are familiar, not to mention they have the numbers advantage. So they're trying to fight them. They're all trying to fight them. The guys that's with Draco, they're trying their best to fight them. But in real life, they were so outnumbered and kind of like out thugged. So they're fighting going backwards, getting dropped. Person get dropped. They rush. They fighting them back. So everybody's backing up their whole team. But they start to back up in two different directions. One guy, so the guys that's with Draco is backing up, you know, straight. The other guys are backing up kind of in a uh, in an angle. They're backing up towards the gate. But they're mm-hmm. both fighting. Nobody turned around and ran. They were, like, holding their ground. But you know, the, the other guys were advancing consistently. And I watched people in the comments like, oh, they left Draco. They left him. And I'm like, no, they didn't. See, that's what I mean, man. It, it's almost like these people think they're playing Grand Theft Auto or some shit. It's like, this is real shit. And it's funny because Draco has a, a really dope song called Grand Theft Auto that you said that. But that's what they really think. They really are. It's a joke to them because it's not in their real life. But what irritates me is when something finally happens bad. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right? Oh, they're like, oh, we need to change the car. Oh, look at what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, the plane been diving. The plane has been diving for a while and it finally hit the ground. You know what I mean? You never, you know, it's not enough of the fans telling people, hey, pull the plane up. Hey, stop. Well, you know, G, I'm about to say something that probably is going to seem pretty controversial, though, man. But I seldom look at the comments, but when I do, you don't have the most intellectual base of people that just sit online and consume some of this stuff. Is that controversial? No, but, but, but let me finish though. <laughs> but, but, but let me finish though, bro. I'm not saying that just every person that looks online is an idiot, but if you got somebody that's spending their whole day on this shit following somebody's exploits, man, and they ain't got no job or no other shit to do, they just sitting there watching this shit. Something's wrong with that, bro. But but mm-hmm. but think about it, like. They can go to work for eight hours a day. It could be a motherfucker that work at Walmart, right? And that's their thing. But they're a part of Draco's movement, right? The stink team in their mind. They and they what's crazy is these fans are getting these tattoos. They hashtagging in their bio. They're putting their profile names like it's like those clowns yeah. we talked about the other day. <laughs> Which clowns? The the the, the, the that's right, the group of clowns, the clown crew. Yeah, yo, the yeah. I'm not calling them like a bunch of clowns. I mean, like they're clowns yeah, oh, yeah. oh, no, of the professional sense. Sure, sure, yeah. So, 
yeah, everybody's cultivating a following, right? So it's people, it's people who don't even know these guys and be like, yeah, you know, we're like their their hashtag Sting Team in their bio, like, and they're like in the metaverse, virtually they're part of the movement. They're supporting it. They got the shirts. They got the beanies. They go to the concerts, and they're part of this movement. So they really feel like they have a mainstay in the conversation. So I'm reading people in the comments like, y'all, he left him. They left him. And I'm like, nah, dog, like, they just were outdone. Nobody, they listen, they could have turned around and ran. They, yeah, they, they were real. trying to, but they were outthugged and they were outnumbered. And you know what I'm saying? This is how I go down. This, this is normal. You feel me? This ain't like crazy. This is a normal episode. It happens like that. Well, well I had a um, really sad situation. You know, speak, speaking of fights, um, there was a couple of fights up there rolling loud. Yeah, I heard, but I actually got to see the video footage of that one fight. Yeah, but that shit, you can't see no faces. Yeah, but somebody, whoever it was, they was getting the shit kicked out of them. Boy, yeah, I feel it put an ass whooping put on them. I don't know who it was because I couldn't see nothing either. I couldn't tell you who it was. They could just put some, but that's the thing with the internet. They could put some shit out of some random people fighting and say it was anybody. I mean, listen, I have no issues with a with a with a good fist to cuff. And to me, like people were asking me my opinion on it, right? Certain homies from out of town was calling me and was asking me my opinion. And this is my opinion on a lot of the dudes coming up that I was watching, right? So one is they don't really have an OG around them to give them wisdoms. I mean, they don't have a ton of old, like I kept my OG homies on speed down or around me. So even mm -hmm. if I wasn't around Plucker Moon at the time, I had Kiki Loco around me. I had wisdom around me to counter my young ignorance, you know what I'm saying? My young wild ways. Um, they don't have that, right? That's one. Two, a lot of the dudes coming up saying that they street. One thing about gangs in LA, you know, the culture in LA, and this is everywhere, honestly. I ain't gonna even just say gangs in LA, but I'm familiar with this here is it's all of these, it's, it's like a land and a map of nations. They're all different nations. They all have different beliefs, creeds. Some things are uniform, but most things are individualized depending on which nation you at. Like, right, you in my hood, you in my nation, right, 117th Street, Watch Crip, it's a different creed than when you cross Imperial and you in PJ Watch. It's a completely different thing. Sure, in theory, we're both Crips. And that's what the fans get. They understand they're both Crips. But what they don't understand is that is no bond. That bond has been broken, you know, since, you know, the 60s and the A-Trade started clashing or the East Coasters and the Hoover started clashing. So you start talking about something that's been broken for roughly, you know, what, 40 years. Mm -hmm. So the fans kind of start to voice their opinion in ignorance. And I get it. You know what I mean? That's part of being a part of this metaverse. You know what I'm saying? Being a part of social media where... And that's why the internet is so dangerous, though, too, bro. That's what make it great and dangerous. Well, you know, because, like, you know what I seriously thought? When you put Tupac must die out, dog, I wasn't worried about nobody from the industry. I was worried about one of these fans. Because this motherfucker's to take that shit so serious. You know who said the same thing? Who was that? Ice-T. That's what I was worried about. I was worried about, I, I wasn't worried about, no, because rappers have sense. Ain't nobody gonna go to jail behind those fucking songs. You know what I mean? Let's keep it real. Get the fuck out of here. Ain't nobody going to jail. But, you, but you, you understand what I'm saying? For the most part, dog, it's like you may get into a fight with somebody, but I don't think nobody could come and just 
lose all they got going in their life because you said something upset them. They're going to lose their life. They ain't finna take mine. So, but I get what you're saying. So, but listen, it was weird with the fans. And, and this is what I realized when I was making that song. Right. And I realized it. And you know me still, like, we have a ton of marketing conversations about records. We about to put out a record next year that's going to push your heart rate up, you know, times push mine up. You don't already prepare me for it. I already know what I'm going to do. Okay, so, right. But what I realized was coming into making that song, right, and from a marketing perspective was Pac, like, when I grew up, Pac was ours. He belonged to us, the culture. Like, I'm a real Pac fan. All these people ain't really Pac. I'm a real Pac fan. Like, I had his first CD, his last CD. I literally grew up listening to his music. His music raised me to be the man that I am. My conscience is part of things he instilled in me. It's so many different concepts. But what I realized was, and it was important, Pac had became such a mainstream figure. That's the catch. Hip-hop is all about the upside down. If you saw um, Stranger Things, Stranger Things is about these kids in the 80s and a, 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 a scientist or the government accidentally opened up or they were trying to open up another dimension that was parallel to the one that we was there. Yeah, my wife was really into that show. That's my shit, right? So hip-hop is the upside down. Hip-hop, the upside down is Compton, is Watts. Regular, you know, it's more... It's more Lakewoods, right? The city of Lakewoods, than there is Compton's across America. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I was actually going to bring that point up. Like, you talked about kind of the, the streaming sector of the industry now and how it's expanded the volume of, of content creators. So there's now, it's basically a preamble, so to speak, to what crypto Bitcoin is trying to do with the quote unquote democratization of the, of the tech sector. You see that happen in music where you can, where you, where you don't have to be the top 1% of performers or at least the most 1% marketable performers to get onto one of four or five labels. That's going to give you all the money. You can exist in the space in between, but also what you see in the same time frame is that like the geography of at least a lot of the communities like black America that, would define the culture of hip hop has changed also. Like it's not so concentrated in inner cities. Like that's been democratized too. You see a lot of inland empires, semi suburbs, pseudo suburbs, the Bay, LA, Phoenix, and Miami, what, all the places. And like, that's what I'm saying though. That's not hip hop. No, no. It, it's becoming rap is going mainstream. It's, it's, it's a lot of Rancho Cucamongas yeah, and, and not, pleasant, mainstream. you know, yeah. There's nothing wrong with rap going mainstream. It's nothing wrong with rap going mainstream. And, you know, I see a lot of really successful mainstream rappers. Hip-hop is still very much what it is. It's very much a preview into a parallel universe that is not seen all over mainstream, even if it's a popular opinion of very few from these same streets. So I think the fans, again, right, they become part of these communities in theory, right? Like, if you talk to like, if you ask most fans of Chicago, you know, hip-hop or the drill scene, right, what's the, uh, the, the the little apartment complex that they always talk about? They have, like, this super popular apartment complex that Dirk and them is from and Vaughn is from. From, from Chicago? Yeah. What, is that that one over by Midway? 
I don't know which part of Chicago. I've never been there. You know what I'm saying? I've never been there. I never even heard of it until that yeah. came out. Old Block. Okay. Yeah, old Block. Old Block. Right? That's so, it right there. Again, you got to realize the people who are real fans of Lil Dirt, who are fans of, of the whole movement that is that drill scene, like they feel like they are residents of Old Block. Like I, I remember when uh, uh, the Rainbow Rat was kind of making his rounds with the police, acting like he was actually existing in spaces where we was at, even though he's not. The Rainbow Rat went to this place and people kept telling them like, oh, you're going to get killed. Like most of these fans had never been to where they were talking about, but they only know the stories or the pieces of content, right? That their favorite rappers putting up of Old Block. And they really felt like if he went there, if the Rainbow Rat went there, he would get exterminated. And it's not true. Like it's way more nuances to that. Like you can go in the jungles and people may not see you. You can go to the PJs and people, these places are huge, especially to poor people, right? When you from poverty, you, you kind of exist in a smaller space. So the fans was, I remember the fans like, oh, you know, if somebody tried to go to old block, they're going to get killed. I remember when Vaughn, you know, rest his soul, when he got killed, and the fans are like, oh, this person is not going to live. They're going to kill him in two days. And I'm like, they don't, the fans don't really understand how this thing worked that we call crime or gangster rap or even gangster shit, period. Well, you know what it is, bro. I'm going to tell you. Imagination of it. I'm going to tell you, bro. Everybody's, um, the imagery and music just got real crazy at some point though you know what i mean it's like the imagery now you can almost shoot i remember when i was in the game like when i was doing it as an art on an artist level you know to shoot a video on a low you were spending 40 dollars. that was a low budget video yeah my first music video budget was twenty five thousand, and we thought that was it was cheap we was just like oh man it's gonna be the wackest video ever now you do some shit with twenty five thousand, you shoot fucking 10 movies you know that shit gonna look like motherfucking biggie uh uh hypnotized you know but, but with that being <laughs> said you know and you were right when you said you have more Lakewoods, right? You got a lot of suburban kids across the country. They get caught up in the imagery. It's exciting to them. They got their little boring life. It's snowing outside. Their dad is drunk all the time. And their mom's depressed. So they sitting there watching these videos and they become enamored with them. And it becomes a part of their psyche almost where they feel like I'm from O Block. I represent, you know what I mean? I'm down with them. Which is, uh, what's the, what's the uh, Slim Jesus? Yeah. But but he's a and Slim Jesus was dope as a motherfucker. But this is what's funny to me, and this is why I get mad at a lot of people from our culture that talks for us in those spaces, and they try to condemn the music. Okay, obviously we know suburban America is the is the major, you know, they consume more of this content that we call gangster rap than anybody else, right? Because I hear them them all the time telling me, oh well, you know, this music is. You know, you, you're glamorizing violence and you're spreading it. It's becoming popular and everybody's doing it. Well, it ain't no motherfucking shit happening in Lakewood. They ain't formed a whole bunch of gangs in Lakewood. The white boys in, you know, in the suburban area started their suburban crips and they out here putting in work. It's not influencing mm-hmm. them. Again, I, I think a lot of times, like I said, it's, it's so many hypocritical takes and, and silly shit It don't make sense. So, again, the fans could listen. The fans could be in the comments talking about they smoking on this nigga pack or this pack or this. 
except they not really ever going to smoke on any packs. Literally, this is their escape. They get to be a part of the culture, right? That mm-hmm. that would be hard to be a part of. Hey, G, can we play the new Slim Jesus? I, I love Slim Jesus, so you could definitely play it. Yes, I said I love Slim Jesus. Yes, I love Slim Jesus. Damn, Richie, what you have to do like that? Hey, you can see my face through the glass of the car graphic in the lower left. You can't even hit my line if I ain't sliding in. Shotty tried to say she loved me, I ain't buying it. Cause I'm up now, baby, and I ain't buying shit. Hit 120 in the bin, straight burning out. Got the Drake in the forum when I'm in town. OVO with the alley heads turn around. Triple S is on, leave a puddle on the ground. Yeah, I'm dripping in this bitch, somebody grab a mop. Pull a fork and a fago, watch that shit drop. Try to tell me to quit, let my bitch with my pop. Enough blues and these Amiris, I could buy the shop. Okay, stop it. Man, this little and gee, you know what's cold? This little motherfucker can rap. Oh, he can rap. He is familiar with the M the art of MCing to some degree. It, I liked Slim Jesus when I first saw him. And what I liked about him is when he came out and did his interviews, he explained, like, yo, I am not any of these things. I just like the music and I'm rapping like it. So but you know what's so cold? He's honest. He, and these other motherfuckers need to get honest. Let them know. Exactly. They ain't no different than Slim Jesus. Slim yeah, Jesus is more real than a lot of these rappers. Because these he's niggas not, not doing real. the shit they talk he's about either. He's not real, but he's just honest. He's more honest. He's more, more, way more he's honest. He's more authentic if you say yeah, he's more authentic say, than the motherfuckers. I wouldn't even say they come from this. He was authentic, G. He, he no. ain't never fronted. He said he just... It's, I, you know, I, I laugh every time I hear, I chuckle just like I laugh at this motherfucker when I hear these niggas out here talk about what they do. And I'm like, man, nigga, please. No, he, he's not authentic and he's not real, but he's honest and he's let you know that this is Hollywood. Well, honestly, it was authentic, ain't it? No, no, he's not authentic at all. His whole As a matter of fact, we Slim Jesus, look. if you out there, we need you on this show, dog. We putting Slim Jesus on the Gangster Rap Chronicles, dog. He represents. I, I like Slim Jesus, man. I'm a fan of Slim Jesus. He's he's awesome. He makes some cool little songs. And and I like the fact that he's honest about he's not a thug. Now, now let me ask you this, Gene. Sure. You are, you really from where you from? How many, what percentage of these rappers out here do you think aren't from where they say they from? Okay, so that's a nuanced conversation. Right, so when I say where I'm from, it's because I'm really from there, culturally rooted there. When I say I'm from 7th Street, Watch Crip, 117th Street, Watch Crip, I am culturally rooted there. My family know my older homies. Whether they agree or not, they know each other. My older homies know my father, they know my mother, they know my stepmom, they know my older brothers. They know my sister. They know me. So when I say I'm from there, it's not like some niggas, you know, eight niggas jumped on me, kicked me in his face and shit. Now I'm like, I'm one of the homies. No, literally, me and my homies are friends. We grew up as friends. So like, when I say I'm from there, because that's what it really means. I'm from there. Not, again, I got courted on and some niggas beat me up. 
Like that happens, you just fight. But I am from where I'm from. So when you're saying how many people are from where they from, it get tricky because. No, ain't no tricks. A lot of these motherfuckers are studio gangsters. Well, again, studio, again, that's my point. Like, let me say this. Let me, let me say this so I can help the fans get this because the fans don't understand this. So you have somebody like Glasses, right? I'm a real gang member from where I'm from and I'm culturally from where I'm from. Another rapper could culturally be from where they from, but never been a gang member, right? They could be from that area and they grew up not gangbanging, right? But, you know, as success came, they, they could say, now I'm a gangbanger, even though they never went through any of the situations for being a representative of said community. Then you got other people who didn't grow up in those communities, right? But may have got initiated and they from those gangs. So it, it's just tricky. Like it's, it, it really matters. But what you can tell is, and what you can really tell, and I think a lot of issues, like I said, that first point I was making was they don't have OGs around them. Part two is they don't understand diplomacy. See, it's, it's all of a side. It's a bunch of people talking tough, looking tough, but it's going to cost you your life. When you understand diplomacy, it's a way you deal with things when you're dealing with other nations. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. 
But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I know how to deal with other nations. I know how to deal with niggas from hoods around me, niggas from hoods as far west as the 60s, as far east as the 1200 block Riverside Crips, you know what I mean, East Coast Riverside niggas. I know how to deal with niggas from, you know, UG, you know, Crips, Way and Flatbush, Brooklyn. I am refined in the art of diplomacy. Like if I have an issue with a nigga, I would know how to go about it and make sure I got my fade with that nigga. And, and my name is gonna carry that type of respect to where that's a possibility. But I also understand it's certain niggas you may can't get ahead of fade with. It's certain gangs, right, that may not give you that. But that's, again, like, I started rapping late. I Like, I was a gangbanger just for years. I gangbanged in high school, you know, going to school, which is different because you at school, couple fights, or maybe you shoot a little bit. But when you gangbang for a living, it's different. I used to gangbang for a living. I graduated high school at 17. Every day for a living, I was a 7th Street Watch Crip nigga. A charm selling, gun toting, hands throwing, 7th Street Watch Crip nigga. So people knew me from that. Low riding, street racing, this where I'm from. So my diplomacy is a lot more unique than the average rappers. There's certain rappers who got in the game, they was 18 and been successful since 18. So they're trying to gangbang now in the midst of success me trying to build a reputation. Well, you see, you got to understand something. And uh, this is in no way of this. I'm actually a fan of Tiger. Tiger is a cool dude. But like, I remember at one time, Tiger was claiming um, a blood thing. He was claiming Capanella. And then he got beat up by them, I guess. Then he went over there and started claiming um, Hoover. So again, right? So like, but where do you do that at though, bro? That's like, where do you like, just transform like that at? Again, right? It's just weird because okay, that story is a, has more nuances, right? So it's 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 a level of truth to it, right? But then it's more, right? And it ain't just the rapper's fault. So I wanted to get on record. Even I'm glad you said that because it's not the rapper's fault necessarily. The rappers do have a, a stake and responsibility for some of this cornball that shit, but it's also the community's fault. Niggas are embracing niggas. Niggas see, niggas see some of these artists as ways to change their future. You know, the economic status, to make money, to make a living. That's what all this shit is about. So if you can, so like, let's say a tiger, right? So I don't know what happened with him and, and per se, let's say the Campanellas. I'm saying, I don't know what happened. I remember that time you talking about, where he, you know, that was his line. He was pushing power rule. And then as he decided he was embraced by trail and all the five deuces, and started to rock with them, but they embraced him. They said, you know, I don't know the nuance of their conversation, but I would imagine, because the niggas he was around, I know some of them niggas on the street level. So they had to embrace him because he couldn't go to them and say, hey, can I be down? They not the kind of niggas you go to and say, hey, can I be down? They yeah, let me get this side note. I'm not trying to 
validate on where that dude is from and no shit like that. Fuck your shit up. Man, Tiger handle you all six foot five, two hundred pounds. thing about it though, I ain't worried about Tiger. Tiger, the little homie, he better just take this. Um, knock your ass up. Question G The laws of physics is all against ain't in Tiger's favor, bro. G. Shout out to Tiger. He he was on cash money, right? With all them or young money. Yeah, same time. And you know all those guys. And you know all the Compton guys. What is there was some sort of a like marketing co-op, I swear to God, between Anything pyro and anything young money for like several years. Like what? What was up with that man? Because because right, so, I mean, anybody did a record near them was 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 a pyro. So so again, it's one of those things where in that situation is unique, right? Because it was a mutually respectable thing, right? Where quick question. You know, what do you think that something as big and visible and like you know they had enough force behind it to really move mountains within the culture for a period of time where you see a bunch of guys when they're all from out of town and none of those guys gang bang they rep this gang whatever for whatever the fuck reason they're not from there well i like the music i am from there neither i'm repping too like is there some sort of a trickle down in that what that but that's what we're talking about the fans right the fans are doing that even some of the rappers are fans. That's the problem. The rappers are fans of the culture, and the culture are fans of the rapper. Yeah. So like, it's a belief that these gangs are exploiting, you know, celebrities. That's I think the celebrities are exploiting gangs. Exactly. And and that's a big thing where, again, you're still dealing with poor people who are trying to pursue some level of livable wage or yeah. economic opportunity. It would be like Joe Pesci fake joining the Gambinos to better market his acting career in the 90s. Exactly. Like, imagine if... if imagine if... And De Niro joined the other Niro, family. Yeah, Joe Pesci joined the Gambino family, and they announced it, and he became, like, a part of their brand. It yeah. would win... It, would win. <laughs> it sounds stupid to say. But it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm it doesn't, you, but it does. Like you know what I'm saying? Why it does sound stupid? Because those are financially successful organizations. Yeah, to kind of go out of their way to be invisible a little bit more. Well, no, they're financially successful. Yeah. Fuck the invisibility. You can be invisible as long as you got paper. You know what I'm saying? Again, you got to understand. Yeah, true. Because you're protecting something at that point. Poverty, right? Popularity equates to wealth because that's all you've been taught your whole life. The more my reputation is out there, the more people know about my name. It brings value to my existence. So that's why they're fighting from this level of like basic kind of primitive operations. So the, the mob is not a poor organization. Gangs are a poor organization. It may be one or two homies that get some money or you from where I'm from where it's orchestrated for y'all all to get some money. Maybe you ain't all supposed to top the top men, but you're going to make more than a quality living being from where we from. Mm. But again, if let's say if I'm from five dudes Hoover, this is one of the this cute in them neighborhood, right? It's trail in them neighborhood. It's one of the poorest parts of the West Side, period. It's a poor community, right? Yeah. Very few opportunities, no careers around there, nothing, barely a grocery store. You feel me? It is a different 
world. You know, it could be like Africa, third world, like Watts. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Mm-hmm. And you meet a celebrity who is a millionaire, right? And you're watching him. He's a very talented artist. Let's say Tiger. He's a very talented artist. I mean, Tiger is, is extremely talented that he don't really get credit for, but he's extremely talented. Oh, he's a hit-making motherfucker. He's a cold, ice-cold motherfucker with writing records. So you know him, and he sees you. He sees that you are respected, right? Remember, hip-hop is very much a street art form, only a street art form. It's a street art form before it's everything else. It's from and for the streets. It's a representation of that. So it's important if you're making hip-hop to have some level of credit when it comes to the streets because that's part of the market. And so these guys say, hey, man, we love what you're doing. And you see they shit. You know they some of the most, they organization is one of the most respected and, and well-known things in, in the world. Hoover is, is a, every, it's Hoover's in every state down there. And they want to embrace your movement. It lends you, it lends you a level of respect, right? Because you could befriend somebody. It lends you credit and credence, right? And then for you, it creates opportunities to have certain homies as bodyguards. It creates somebody who could, you know, you could become learning the business and management. My issue, I, I actually respect the mutualness of that. I know it sounds crazy and people are get mad, but I know the fans going to be mad, but I respect that because I know how hard it is to come from where we come from and make a way out and make an opportunity to, to buy your kids Christmas gifts, to, to feed your kids and shit, to not have to smoke sherm all day because you're losing your mind without the opportunity to earn. What I don't respect is the one-sided thing where you have people taking advantage of a community and they have no intentions on doing right by them people. Or it's another thing where I think a lot of times, and this is word to all my homies that's from the street, because I know y'all niggas listen to my podcast. If you got a rapper that you claiming and he's not actually making opportunities for some of your homies, like a Kick in his ears. Album, I need to make it hard for that nigga. This shit that we have when it comes to this street shit, the credit that being one of us gives a, a hip-hop artist is invaluable. It turned the rainbow rap from some pariah making alternative music and not really being successful into a global star. A global star. You would never hear a story about a rapper coming to a community and then creating a hundred jobs to change their fortune. But you will hear a community, right? You'll hear the story about a community coming to a rapper, right? And then lending their career, you know, uh, uh, um, respect people looking at them in a respect. Oh, he's from over there. He's one of those guys. And it changes the fortunes of their career. Like somebody like Waka Flocka, like Waka Flocka career is successful because of the jungles. Now I'm sure Flocka get mad at me saying this, but Waka Flocka is not Waka Flocka without shooting hard in the paint in the jungles. Yeah, that they was made that nigga a fucking global star. That's the power of the shit that we survive. That's a lot of power. The jungles made Waka Flocka 
a global fucking star. The reason people believe he went hard in the paint is because he was with one of the most famously dangerous places to be. And he was talking to T. Rogers. So again, it's one of those things, man, where I'll say this. Our communities don't understand the value. And that's what we always talk about, Pete, the difference with the mafia and the difference with street gang. But it's also still you operating off a level of poverty that's different. I mean, poverty and oppression. So, yeah, the mobsters, a couple of Italian and Irish mobs felt some press, but it'll never be the equivalent of being one of us. They wasn't, you know, again, it's a different level. But I agree. A lot of the homies from the communities don't truly understand the value in being one of us. It is invaluable. Being me has got me so much shit. Being the authentic version that I am has got me, it got me paid in the music business crazy before I even understood records. Well, you know, based on what you're saying, Jim G, Slim Jesus is just as authentic as anybody else. No, Slim Jesus is not authentic at all. Slim Jesus, it's like calling an actor authentic. Well, he is authentic. He's true to who he is. That's what authenticity is. But here, but there's a break between his authenticity exists off of his records. Well, but that's the difference. His authenticity doesn't exist on his records. That's not, that's my point. I'm saying I'm trying to bridge the gap between sure. the two of you guys. So that's what I'm saying. He's not authentic. He's honest. His he's authentic. His music is not authentic. I don't even know if he's authentic because we never get to deal. Would with you him. consider him a gangster rapper? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because he talked that shit. He, he really learned the lingo. Okay, so you I, I see you're trying to... Again, you can listen to rap records, but again, this is deeper than just about Slim. He is, he's the byproduct of it. Him and Takashi 6 9 is the byproduct of all the bullshit. That's different because Slim Jesus is not from the community. The Rainbow Rat is from the community. He's not some kid that, that wandered off from the nicest parts of Crown Heights in fucking New York and slipped into the ghetto. He's a fucking ghetto fucking piece of shit. He know the rules in the ghetto. He walked around the corner to them niggas. So again, it's different. Slim Jesus is really a white kid that's not from this level of poverty. He's it's different. He's a fan of the music, and the, and the music made him create more music. The Rainbow Rat literally is from poverty, literally used the power of the game. Like, like Slim is not orchestrating hits. The Rainbow Rat orchestrated hits. He, you know what, Slim Jesus might be at some little town like Ravana. You know where you, you know how you want to visit my pops up there. Yeah. Slim Jesus, the town he's from is like Ravana, small like that. He probably runs shit out there though. He probably get a nigga text up if he want to. I remember his streets. He, I remember him rapping about his streets <laughs> in his first song. You saw he had his homie him and the mother coin. It's like the homie out here. They got the other song. The little, what's the song? You always find them look crazy ass records. The Downey song, oh, the D Town record. Kid. Welcome to the D. Welcome that little nigga, he kind of run that little apartment complex over there, dog. You find all these old weird ass people. <laughs> I do weird ass records. I find good records. But no, I, I, again, back to the point. And, I hold on, G. Let's go back to that, dog, because you did. What's the other nigga that you discovered, man? I, I was like, why are you looking at this retarded? He actually wound up blowing up. I put you on Soldier Boy first. <laughs> yeah, Soldier Boy. I put you on Slim Jesus. What's the white boy and Mo was go book him one time? He called the nigga. What's oh, that? We put you up on uh the boy from Texas. 
Yeah, G's uh, and Jens, the nigga that freestyle, he got the, yeah. the, the, the marine green, the, the marine, marine green he machine. A little bit more street. You know who he talking about, uh, uh, Pete? He talking about, um, he called himself the Pink Panther. The, uh, he always rhyming and shit. Uh, uh, oh, man. Oh, I know you talk about that. Let me He was on MTV, dog. He wear the braids to the back, cuz, white boy. Oh, man, he's so dope. I'm going to find him right, right now. Hold on. Anyway. <laughs> What's crazy is when we first was watching his little videos early on, we just liked that he had this confidence. His confidence was through the roof. There are a lot of white braids to the back of Texas. I noticed when I was down there, how you mentioned it, I was like. And what blew me away is, did I ever tell you about the time I walked in Choo Choo Shop and seen him? Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, man. What's that white boy name? He had MTV tattooed on him. That's nice. It's Riff Ref. Riff Ref. Hold on. I'm fine. Riff Ref. Riff Ref. Nigga, did I ever tell you about the time because I walked into the barbershop and seen Riff Ref at Choo Choo's in the Swans? You told me about that. Motherfucking Riff Ref, cuz shout out to the homie Riff Ref. This nigga at and he had and he had the illest freestyle ever. Getting his hair braided and edged up. After that day, couldn't nobody tell me nothing about Riff Rap. To this day, niggas can't tell me nothing about Riff Rap. Hold on, G. Let me show you something real quick. Hold on. <laughs> he he got the illest freestyle ever. Hold on. We go we go give y'all this this Riff Rap shit. Hold on. Let me see. Let me show y'all this shit real quick. Day 45. Riff Raff is here. You said something to me earlier, man, when you used to... I don't know that guy. I back to the bus. You said okay, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. Wanted to do me a favor. How about we throw a beat on, man? Can you do that for us now, man? Got it, you know. I ain't tripping. No, I never be tripping. Yeah, man. Oh, especially, case, I never... I normally wouldn't do it, but since Sway... You know what I'm saying? Sway, I got to. Uh, uh, uh. Handshakes, hugs. You want me outside? You want to see me with pancakes and drawers? Take your fat ass to sleep. I'm jumping out the candy coat of Grim Reaper G. I put you to sleep. I put you six feet deep when it's in the ground. I blaze pine. I let my top down. I could have played for Washington Redskins. Six points for a touchdown. I might give you a six-point diamond. This is a carry. This is a parent. I'm, uh, I got more knowledge than both your parents combined. I graduated never. I didn't go to high school in 99. Everything was fine. I banged Jane Wine. Uh, no homo. I'm talking about it back in my trunk. That's CD deck. The players want to check. I eat checks mixed. Hey, they won't get in the mix. I bought, I got a fresh set of kicks. I played for the Phoenix Suns. I graduated in 1991. Damn, that motherfucker older than the motherfucking moon. Plus the sun, he got older than the damn solar system. I come through, uh, I might pop trunk on your sister. I eat fried gristle and bacon with eggs and toast. Everybody, damn, that motherfucker right there, he bought the most. He bought coast to coast, he bought across seven seas. You talking about, oh, I'm in the gang, motherfucker, you on your damn knees. You I pull up sitting sideways with sway. We had a Chinese buffet. Eating on a Monday, it's a Tuesday. Make it feel like it's damn Ruby Tuesday. It's a Saturday, but it don't even matter anyway. I come through with diamonds and sapphires across my chest. Figured I was Ken the King Griffey Jr. I come through. I played down south of Oklahoma soon. I could have played tailback. 
half back or hatchback. I'm in a photo hatchback. Damn, motherfucker could have played for the Dallas Mavericks, but they found crack in my jacket. They found marijuana in my socks. This motherfucker, damn. Mark Cuban said, man, you're going to have to box one of these players because they're going to take your position. Diamonds going to glisten. We're, we're twisting. I mean, I sign on the back. Let's just go fishing. Let's go to sleep. Man, hold on, man. Yo, 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 real prime. Real prime. Real prime. Yo, I'm real prime. Real prime. Man, That's the thing. And Riff Raff of Texas, white boy, so you know they got super flavor. <laughs> they really freestyle for real in Texas. Like, no, Texas, no, ever since the freestyle kings are flipping them, that was like their ass. shit. Flip is another one. Lift Flip will freestyle your ass off here. But you know, y'all done got me off my goddamn pen. Hold on, no, but that's fandom. These are the type of niggas that niggas don't create it. Niggas like you. Niggas like you, dog. Like, I'm finna do that. Give them niggas exposure. G love them motherfuckers. It's so cold in the deep. If G would have signed them motherfuckers, he probably made millions of dollars. I tell you, way early. But now, I, I, again, like I said, I really kind of, I think the fans kind of really need to, to reassess what they're doing, and they're not. I get it. You're gonna live vicariously through somebody in a life that you could never live. So I get it, but really, I think the fans are not getting enough. You know, they're not responsible enough. The rappers are, are definitely lacking accountability. They definitely ain't responsible enough. But the fans encouraging it like this shit ain't real. This shit real. Shit real. Or maybe they don't give a fuck that this shit real. I mean, is it the fans' job? The fans are just fans. All they do is either give their money or give their you know, media consumption for money. Maybe not. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. Definitely rest in peace to Draco. For sure. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 